You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sorry we're a couple minutes late. It is uh, technology is an amazing thing. There is there an IT guy in the house? It's, I was going to say, yeah, technology is amazing <laughs> until it isn't. I think we all know that. That's, yeah. This is episode 391 <laughs> of the one and only IT in the D show, broadcasting live from our quarantine homes. This is Bob the Sales Guy. That is Dave the Geek. Randy, you do the Twitters, is doing the Twitters, and you can find us online at itinthed.com. And do us a favor, give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. And uh, and yeah, a, uh, a cheers of some sort uh, is is in order. Um, this is the uh, this is the anniversary of the the last time we were all in studio together. I um. We were talking about like it seems like '80s movie quarantine night seems like 15 years ago. Yeah, and it was a year ago where I introduced the kids to Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and all that good stuff. And weird science. And- <laughs> well, and all the God, I mean the the heavy duty hardcore Zoom drinking nights that I was doing with everybody like four and five nights a week. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's. It is. It is both hard to believe it's been a year, and and then hard to believe it's only been a year when when you think back on it. But hey, to celebrate our one year anniversary, we have brought back the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to do a proper wrestling introduction, but now Fred Brown's in the hailing house. from parts unknown from Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> um, How's it? How are you guys all doing? Good. We're really thankful to have you back on again uh, to kind of give us. We're hoping that this is the final round of updates on this thing. It um, might be. It might be the last time I, I we have to have this meeting. And we'll have to we'll have to come in person. I'll try out some of your your drinks. I, 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 hey, I'm all in favor. No, it's like murder. She wrote like Fred's gonna have nothing to do until the next pandemic hits. He's, <laughs> he's hoping someone dies. <laughs> Hard enough. Come on, conspiracy theories. No show. No show. I've been working overtime. I owed what we had 534,500 deaths or something. Oh, my God. 30 million people infected in the United States. Uh, you know, that's a lot of people in a year. That's crazy. Well, there was, um, everyone was kind of trying to scream it about, like, oh, the deaths are going to be the same. And it turned out that wasn't the case. Deaths were up, I think, what, 16, 18% uh, year over year. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't a thing. So, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's the funny thing is, you know, looking back at, you know, my memories that pop and, and that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, like the one that popped for me yesterday where like yesterday was the last time um, a year ago I was bouncing around downtown and I was like, wow, you know, like every like places that usually have hundreds of people in them have like six. Um, you know, if you ever wanted to hit like one of these restaurants you've heard about and you're not, and I even said it, and you're not in a high risk group and you can be safe and you can be careful, you will have the best service in your life. And for the love of God tip, like you have a crush on the person waiting on you. Um, and, and then all, and then today all the memories are popping about all the executive orders starting to drop and, and, uh, Whitmer's like first press conference, um, that she really had about how, how crazy this was all going to get, um, yeah, and here we are. Yeah, I was hoping that we, of course, we were hoping that it wouldn't be quite so bad. And I said, well, there's a chance that it won't be quite so bad. But I thought it was a pretty bad chance, about eighty percent chance they gave it that it would be pretty bad. And you know, sure enough, it it it, it uh, was better in the summer, and then it just crept back up on us, unfortunately. 
So, well, yeah. So, I mean, and I guess you know that's the you know that's the the big question. I guess is you know so now that you know we've got the vaccines rolling out, we've got you know and 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 it is. I mean, I get dude. People are people are pent up and nuts, and that was kind of my comparison when I shared the memory yesterday. Is you know a year ago, I was going to places that had either nobody or like at most six people in them. Man, Saturday afternoon, I, I watched, you know, three or four party buses just chock full of people, um, drunk show up places, um, you know, about 10 of those pedal pub things that were whipping around and people were, you know, throwing their arms around each other and hugging and yelling at each other from a foot away. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit in my little quarantine studio room. Thanks. And and like I need like a Lysol bazooka when I walk out of here. <laughs> no, but to add to that, I, it's funny. I see the same thing. There's certain bars that I used to frequent. We've been kind of making our rounds that are two, three, four people in it. And the other ones, you can't get a seat. So it's kind of funny how, you know, even though we're supposed to be at 50%, um, yeah, there's a lot of places that are just saying, you know, open it up. Let's do this, which is, you know, uh I guess good for the business owners and the workers, bad for, you know, if something happens. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, and it may be short sighted. It may be that it's, 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 it's good for a couple of nights and then you lose all your <laughs> all your clientele for the next few months because uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, ba- they're badly ill. And that's, that would be a shame if that happens, uh, but it, it does sadly because of the way this thing spreads, it spreads in pockets, you know? So it, it, sometimes you can go to the bar three, four times. No, nothing's happened. You go next time and 60 people get infected. It's uh, we're, we're not sure. Well, so, uh, and, and, and Bill, uh, Bill, one of our, our buddy, big Bill uh, just chimed in with a comment. He, he could just based on something you mentioned, he said, okay, well, so then why did it die in the summer? Yeah, well, there are a couple things. Uh, first, we started getting better. So, so there are a couple things uh, about about Michigan's patterns. Michigan's patterns, we had a big jump, uh, you know, uh, early on because of the car industry. We got lots of international court, uh, uh, lots of international travel, lots of people in China, lots of people in Germany, all brought back to Detroit. And then the, our death rates were really, really high. We didn't know how to really treat this thing because we were one of the first groups to to really have this come on to us. But you know, New York had some, California had some. Turned out. That uh, we had both variants here. Uh, New York had the the B one, the, basically the, the 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 G variant, the European variant. California had the the D, the old fashioned D variant. California got over it real fast. Uh, New York and us took a lot, lot lot longer on that first wave that went through, and and unfortunately we had a lot more deaths. And then the second time we actually had a much higher peak in November December, but a much lower death rate. And the de- if you look at the death rate, the death rate was like this, and then it was flat. Uh, meanwhile, you know we went like this through two series of new cases uh and that that second round we really understood a lot more about how to treat this thing and, and did a lot better keep people out that's a just to dispel some myths and stories and what people are talking about was the first round due to the nursing home mandate because if you look at new york california michigan there was i think five states that you know were pushing people back in that tested positive yeah. how much did that affect the uh the overall death rate bad we think it may have uh, may have uh quintupled it unfortunately wow. Because we didn't know, you know, we just didn't know. We thought that people were protected. They didn't realize that a lot of aerosolization was occurring and people were spreading it through the air. Uh, no one was wearing masks. And so, yeah. And, and, of course, our most vulnerable groups were exposed worse. And so uh, that, that that's what people are starting to come up with is that the nursing home piece really was a was a killer. Um, but, you know, and, and so that, that on the second round, we, we'd learned. And, and I think uh, some of our – we'd gotten about twice as good as tre- at treating people as well. So the, the combination of the nursing home – Regulations plus the 
uh, plus the better treatments we got with dexamethasone, uh, proning people, and so on, really helps out as far as death rate goes. I got I got a few. Uh, I got a few, I, 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 so last night I actually Harvard asked me to do the same thing. They said, well, "Why don't you come back and you know, talk to us about what's going on?" So I, if you want, I can show you some of those slides, or we can just talk whatever whatever you prefer. I um, it took us about a, it took us like an hour to go through the slides. But you guys are smart, so really cool. okay. Well, yeah, I mean, so like I, I like I know my I, I I mean that's yeah I mean I know what's what's on the tip of my brain more than anything else is what are you worried about? Well, so now we've got all these variants. Um, and yeah. so, you know, there, there are quite a few people that I know that have gone through and gotten, um, either the Pfizer or Moderna, uh, vaccine. And so great. And, and you're feeling cocky and comfortable and life's good. Um, but then shit, you know, we've, we've talked about this before where, okay, all of these variants are because the mutations are happening on that protein that those two vaccines are targeting, should everybody have waited for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine? Ah, you know, is is oh, that's a great is is there going to be a third shot necessary for you know the the Moderna and Pfizer folks? Like, well, like how is this kind of shaking out? Yeah, so I we actually did the analysis, uh, and it turns out uh, if you can get a shot now versus waiting for the a slightly better one, get the shot now, uh, I'll, and I'll show you some of that analysis. Okay, like, uh, and because uh, that that's a really important point. Uh, let me or, or how do I? There's a share down at the bottom of the screen. Yep. You guys are on different technology now. I know. Now we're trying something, uh, being able to pull user comments in, trying something cute. Wow. I've got an option for two monitors and, uh, uh, (laughs) oh, here we go. Share my screen. (laughs) There we are. Now I I got confused with all the different options here. I think, uh, let's see if I've got. I can't read the total file name, and I've got a few things open, so I'm hoping this is the right. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna wind up on Fred's secret browser history. <laughs> oh, we're, we're in luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're in luck. We're in luck. We, we're 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 good. So, um, from the beginning. So this is the big question, right? Can you see my screen? Yep. This is the big question. No, are we all going to go down to Daytona Beach and have a great time? No. <laughs> I am tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so and so you're right. We can't really do that. This this is the big this is the big race, and um, you know it's basically us against the humans. And let me see if I can go ahead and find uh, us, us against the the, the the viruses. Let me see if I can find that analysis about whether to wait or not. Uh, and um, oh boy, so um, takes a little bit of time to get. Well, there. I mean, so I, I I don't. I was gonna say I don't. Data. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody would say waiting is is you know because I mean to your point, hey, if, if you can get whatever you know, better to be m- most of the way there than none of the way there. Um, yeah, well, well, it turns out that some people have actually. Well, well don't don't forget, you know, uh, Mayor Duggan originally said we want to wait for the Pfizer vaccine. We don't want to have that <laughs> right. vaccine. And there's some countries that, uh, and and then you know, to his credit, he said, oh, you know, I, I restudied it. You know, I'm a healthcare guy. I, I know, I know that, and, and it's better to just get the vaccine. And so here's here's the trial data, and you can see that the, uh, these are these are uh, uh, Kaplan-Meier curves, and, you, and basically the curve shows how much cumulative disease you get 
uh, when you're the blue line on the, on the, on the left-hand side is Pfizer, and they were measuring mild to severe disease, and you can see that that was going up nicely, and basically lots of people were getting sick who were in the placebo group, and right. not very many people after day 12 were, were having that problem uh, at all with, uh, with, with, uh, with the active uh, vaccine. So you can get a sense of just how much that separates uh, is, is occurring. And the problem is people looked at AstraZeneca data and Johnson & Johnson data, and they said, gosh, you know, J&J is only 66%, 72% in the United States versus 95%, you know, uh, in, uh, in, uh, for, for Pfizer and Moderna. So maybe I should try to, you know, get the Pfizer vaccine. And the answer is, no, you can't compare the, 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 the data sets. And the reason is, number one, if you notice, uh, I've got the data set for, uh, uh, for J&J on the, on, on the right-hand side. This is what they submitted to the FDA. And you can see that basically their, their line looks a lot different. And the problem we got with the vaccines, both vaccines, is you're not really protected. And we know you're not really protected for the first 12 days. Right. So if you're vaccinating a lot, uh, you're vaccinating and you're and you're sitting there in the middle of a pandemic outbreak like they were with J&J. And, the, and you've got you know, hundreds of people getting sick in the first 12 days, both in your group and in the, uh, and in the placebo group. It doesn't really show anything. Right. Because you're expecting that. So uh, is that. Is, is that a factor of people getting cocky and and saying, okay, well, I got my second shot. Woohoo! <laughs> no, this is all about first shot. This is after the first okay. shot. You're, you don't get any protection at all. And then this is during clinical trials. So this was back uh, for Pfizer. It was back already in June and, 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 and J&J was about more in the December time range. And between those times, we just took off. Uh, with uh, how much how much uh, COVID was in the area, right? Because there's a seasonal uh, disease, and so you can see just how much steeper that 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 um, that J and J curve is, right? You're, you're yep. just getting so much more infections, and the problem is you have to add in all the stuff in the beginning of the of the trial, and you look at that and go, oh boy, we got an awful lot of infections. The truth is, though, we knew that you weren't protected until day 12, 14 or so, and so the, that that first 14 days, whether you're on Pfizer or 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 uh, Moderna or J and J. You're not protected. So if you're getting your uh, vaccine and you, and you don't wait 14 days, you got nothing. <laughs> you know? So understand that as a first thing. Don't don't take your vaccine the first shot and say, okay, I'm ready to go. You don't have any protection for 14 days. And so the problem was that you got a uh, the, 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 the 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 J and J was doing their testing while the steep the, while, while people were incredibly infected, whereas Pfizer was and, and Moderna was both pretty calm. You know, not 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 that many infection points. Uh, so, uh, and then you had the problem that J and J was in the middle, uh, uh, was, was also affected by the, by the variants. And that's, that shows by, you know, if you throw in the, J, the after South African results, you get 66% and over, there's only 57% effective in South Africa in the United States for 72% effective. So you already have some offset. And then, uh, the endpoints, the clinical endpoints were very different. Right. Because uh, uh, Pfizer said, any if you have a sniffle, you know, come and t- talk to us about it and we'll, we'll test you and, and see if you got something for 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 J&J. They said, if you have a sniffle and you're starting to run down on your oxygen levels and you can't breathe well and you got serious coughs and, uh, and the temperature above 103, then you come and talk to us. So that a whole different level. Gotcha. Of, of, <laughs> of hurdle was required in both those pieces. And then then, of course, the regulators also. Questions are very different. You know, for J&J Moderna, it was a brand new uh, mRNA vaccine. So they had all sorts of safety questions about, you know, what will happen to the lipids and where it was going. And uh, J&J, it was much more about, uh, gosh, you know, we've got this adenovirus. It's a separate tech. It's a different technology. So they asked different questions of the pharmaceutical manufacturers. And so 
uh, they uh, so they, t- they they conducted the test fundamentally differently, uh, even though they look quite similar. They actually the, the questions answered were, were quite different. And um, so if you combine these two things, you can get a sense of just how much higher the infection rates were for both. But again, the separations were excellent. And the major point was, of course, that no one died. So if you look at the all of the clinical trials that we've had, now if we, we've conducted tests in, you know, tens of thousands now, I think, uh, so we have, what, about 45,000 people tested uh, between J&J uh, with the active vaccine. They had two deaths hmm. in that, you know, in 45,000 people. So that's what you really want to look at. I mean, you know, am I going to die? And the answer is no. <laughs> you get the vaccine, I feel like that's the important criteria, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is what happened in Germany, right? Germany said, you know, we think that the AstraZeneca vaccine is, isn't so good for us. We, we want to wait until we get our, our own BioNTech, right? That's the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine. They, they were proud Germans. So we want to wait. We, we're going to wait until we get the right vaccine for us. Well, they waited for 50 days while they had the, uh, a death rate of 200 people a day <laughs> waiting for something that was 4% better. Uh, uh, and, and probably if they'd taken either vaccine, they probably would have had zero deaths in that period. Uh, from the people who are affected, so they, that that actually killed off about ten thousand extra people, and then of course, of course, it caused everyone else to think about, gosh, you know, is that vaccine really safe at all? Maybe I shouldn't take anything, and maybe things will be all right. So, you know, man, oh man, I, I've done this for literally kind of fifty different people, and then they come and say, Fred, should I, you know, I can get a guaranteed J and J vaccine tomorrow, or I have to wait thirty five days, or ten days, or fifteen days for Pfizer. And no matter what that person, if the person is really healthy, you know, young, no risk factors, you know, really low chance of death anyway, uh, uh, it's still better to take the vaccine today than wait for tomorrow for a Pfizer or wait for tomorrow uh, for, for Moderna or wait for, you know, for, wait for tomorrow for a different, different vaccine. So basically and like so whatever, whatever you can get, just shut up and take it is what is. What <laughs> yeah, because, because, because look at what, you know, you're going to sweat a 4% difference in, in severe, in, in severe case rate. And your and, and the, and your chance of dying is one in 600. <laughs> you know what? If you take the vaccine, it's one in right. 10,000. You've got time, time to move over to the one in 10,000 side of the <laughs> I mean, Fred? equation. Yeah. Is it, is it, is there anything out there that is saying one's better than the other or, you know, we're team Pfizer. What did you get? Madeira, you can't come in if you got the Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> only Pfizer. No, I'm not, I'm trying not yeah, to be no. funny. Are, like, are there, like, are there going to be gang signs getting thrown? I got Pfizer. I got, <laughs> no, I can smell it happening. It's just like, you know, what, what are you, you know, and then it's like, you're, we're better. No, uh, we're healthier. Like, is it, are they all pretty much the same at the end of the day, or or is this thing going to divide people again? No, right now it should not uh, divide people. In fact, I actually have talked to both the president uh, personally. This is a personal discussion. President of Moderna, President of Pfizer, and I, I, I had, had the head of vaccines, Paul officials for J and J, and I said, and I said, uh, and and they and they actually, I didn't even have to ask ask the question. They, they volunteered and said, look, I'm telling you the same thing. I'm telling, and this is a larger audience. It wasn't just for me personally. They, they, and this is, you know, big audiences. We're talking tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, national society meetings and so on. And they said, you know, I'm going to, and they said, they each said it freely. They said, I'm going to tell you the same thing I'm telling my family. If you have a chance to take a vaccine, even though I'm the president of Pfizer, take that vaccine now. 
don't screw around and wait for my vaccine if it's even if it's slightly better because the truth is that right now the, the, the you know the opportunity of a vaccine is so much better for you to live not have severe disease not have complications uh, by taking any vaccine uh, than waiting even a couple days um, uh, for a quote unquote better vaccine uh, is, is overwhelming. And so even the presidents and CEOs and chairmen, and these guys are super competitive people, right? I, I know two of them really well personally. I mean, you pay you play you play racquetball with these guys, and they want to take your head off. ours is better. They're going to say it. <laughs> right, right, right. But are they are they collaborating at all? Are they are they treating this like competition? Oh uh, no, no, they're 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 super competitive. Now the scientists are are, are talking to each other, which is great. And it turns out that you know J and J J and J was supposed to have quite a bit more vaccine than they actually ended up having. We we were expecting them to have like come on stream with like twenty well you know, kind of forty million doses, and they came on stream with four million doses. And we said, oh man, oops. And so and so Biden, to his credit, talked you know got on the phone and called up. Uh, Merck and said, Merck, you know, you got capacity. Can you help out J and J? And let me tell you, J and J and Merck, they hate each other. I shouldn't say it, but they, 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 they're not really good friends. And Merck said, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. And they're going to, they're going to put pump 2 billion doses uh, through a Merck factory uh, to get it to, to make wow. it happen. Faster. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people are, are coming together because they realize, you know, if we screw around with this and say, oh, you know, we're slightly better or, you know, we're better for this or that. It, it, people are going to die, so they're 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 on board. That's we. That's the reason we go into healthcare is because we want to save people's lives. So you know, if you start to play play those games now, eventually, I think there is going to be some separation for a couple of different reasons. I think you know, over the course of the few years, the the governments there's a big price difference, right? So J and J vaccines ten bucks, Pfizer Moderna vaccines thirty bucks for full course. So uh, thirty forty bucks. So if you're talking about seven billion doses, you know that that starts to. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Are you are you drinking top shelf or are you drinking rail all night? That's yeah. <laughs> so they're going to want to know. They're going to really want to know. Okay, I, can, I know. No kidding. You know, which one's is there a slight difference or not for that for those bucks? And uh, the other big thing, there are two other big things. So cost is one big reason we're going to have to have some separation. The other reason for separation is that some of these are going to be shown to be better for certain variants. And so if you're talking about an old, for example, last year's Pfizer vaccine versus this year's Moderna booster, and that's a, just a, a random scenario. It could be all sorts of different scenarios. And you've been boosted recently with a, with a bit with the greatest thing. That may be important for some countries if you want to visit them or some uh, or, or some cities if you want to visit. If they're having a big outbreak of variant. It turns out the one you've got, uh, the sh- shot that you've got is old and therefore isn't as protective. They may want to have you you know, get a get a boost to the new one. And so that that'll be a that'll be a, a factor. And finally, there's going to be some some separation, I think, between certain populations. And so certain people who have predispositions to be watching this and talking to their doctors uh, to see, you know, whether they're... Um, there's one vaccine that didn't didn't show us as good efficacy for uh, over 60 year olds uh, with diabetes right now. Now, statistically, it didn't matter. But, you know, you want to kind of make you want to take a look at that and see if there if that suggestion statistically starts to you know come true in real life. Same thing is true for over 70 year olds uh, for. So the, the, the diabetes question came up with Pfizer, I'm sorry, with J&J, and the over 70-year-olds came up with Moderna. Again, you know, within the confidence intervals, but you saw a little bit of maybe differences in the, in the uh, in, in, in those results. I don't hey, want to Fred, suggest you right now, though. Is there a, 
have they found or linked a commonality yet in, as to who's getting sick after the second dose and who's not? You know, I, I hear these horror stories. No, I hear these horror stories yeah. of people getting deathly sick. Uh, yeah. Both my parents had their second dose. Nothing. Zero. Yep. So nope. they, you know, they're in their late 70s, so they were prime candidate for, you know. So I'm just saying, you know, is there any, yeah. is it, do they find a commonality? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one really big one. You know what it is? You have it. No. Oh. The, young, the younger you are, the worse you're going to feel. Really? Yeah. The reason for that is that our, us old guys, our immune system is sort of old and tired. So we don't really have much of a response when you get the, the antigen pumped into you. But if you're 18, young, healthy on the wrestling team, you know, and you get a, and you get an antigen, your body is going to say, holy cow, let's fight this thing. You know, and, and that's how you make the antibodies and the response. And so, yeah, if you're younger, you are going to feel it like I shouldn't. So what you're saying is all of the years of abuse that we've poured, <laughs> that we've poured onto our systems are actually going to benefit us for once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the, the, uh, and the other big thing is that whether it's the first or second dose. So first dose is like 60% of the effective uh, uh, of the overall reaction level they have on the second dose. So if you have the second, if you have a first dose and having a big response, get ready for an even bigger one on the second dose. And I, I, there's some, there's some, there's some things I should show you about, tell you about the vaccination, right? There's some better ways and worse ways to get a va- vaccinated. And I should just tell you about that real quick. Cause uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll ma- ma- make a difference. Um, Bob's Bob's looking for a suppository. That's uh, <laughs> that's. No, they're letting, uh, they're letting veterinarians administer the shot. So I'm waiting to find a licensed veterinarian. There you go. One of those big horse they'll, needles. They'll, yeah, yeah. they'll distract yeah. you with some cheese or some peanut butter yeah. while they're sticking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're, if you're going to go get a, a vaccine and you want to have optimal response, now, even if you don't do these things, you'll still have a response. But if you want to have optimal response, the best thing is to do is don't take an anti-inflammatory two days before all the way to seven days after you've had that, ha- had your vaccine. And that's because uh, it reduces the most important part of your uh, 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 of your response, which is in, is in the lymphic, lymphocytic system and the cellular immunity sp- uh, space. Uh, so these common pain relievers, you know, you don't feel so good, you have a little temperature, so I'm going to take some ibuprofen, I'm going to take some acetaminophen, don't do it. You know, you gotta get, you know go, go to bed, get an ice pack on the thing, call it a day. And also you want to, you, you want to actually spoof up your, you know, uh, spoof up your 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 uh, immune system before you before you get vaccinated. So the day before, get a nice night's sleep, get plenty of exercise uh, before if you can. That uh, vigorous is probably overstating the fact. You just need to you know I'd go for a nice walk in the sunshine for like 20, 30 minutes uh, the day before. Uh, don't don't get all stressed out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's 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 the one that's going to be a problem. That's yeah. <laughs> and then if you want to, you can take a couple of you know, of, of, of immune. Uh, boosters like you know some zinc or some vitamin D three or so on. But if you get some nice sun and get some fresh air out there with heart heart beating a little bit, you know your your immune system is going to be ready to take, get get after the, the the vaccine and and do a good job on the immune response. So. I mean, if your doctor is having you take an anti-inflammatory, don't stop. No, no, uh, don't, don't don't counter. I'm talking about over the front. Good, good. Oh point. yeah, yeah, yeah. But good, even good, good then, yeah. If although, saying. although you know, if if you're taking a major anti anti-inflammatory, if you're on steroids, for example. You really want to come off them because the steroids will just completely you know, wipe out any immune response you got. Um, and same thing with your immunocompromised. You really have to talk to your doctor carefully. <laughs> yeah. you no, say, Tam, Tammy just uh, just chimed in to echo my uh, yeah avoid stress and depression. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah we are stressed out. Uh, I, I, one of my friends is on a, is, is is working on on uh, you know on in, in, in the in the mental health area, and man, we are off the charts. We're like thirty percent of us are depressed, uh, uh, or, or have uh, I'm sorry, thirty thirty one percent are depressed. Uh, 26% of high anxiety, uh, you know, fifth, uh, illicit drugs are up 15, 20%, uh, you know, or, you know, it's, it's, so we are really on the edge. Oh, I dude, I believe it. An, an old friend of mine, um, is, uh, a psychologist, you know, and, and does a lot of like telehealth and that kind of stuff. She said she's been busier over the course of the last six months in particular than she has ever been in her life. Um, just went through and got her national certifications so that she can, so she can just, cause and she's in Florida. So she's been like in the thick of this yeah. the entire time. And so, you know, and she's just like, yeah, she's like, if I can do telehealth from anywhere, no, nah, I'm going to get out of Florida. I'm going to go find someplace I can hole up in for a while. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, probably not Texas. You know, we, so one of the things we had to run, uh, well, at the national level, was the, you remember the big fight that the governor of Texas came out? Yep. You know, governor Abbott, everyone loved the guy. You know, good good old boy. He says, you know, we're going to open this place up, and 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 then Joe Biden comes out and says, that's a Neanderthal thing to do. Well, it's it a ne- out, Neanderthal way of thinking. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It turns out that people who have high levels of Neanderthal gene are twenty two percent more protected than people who don't. So hey, you know, uh, maybe 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 uh, maybe Biden was onto something. So we I had my, genetic just, studies. <laughs> just for the record, I got my twenty three and me zero Neanderthal. Zero Neanderthal. Oh, you're, there's that, a lot of people that would argue with that. I was like, that's I, I'm I'm gonna I I think you got it. I, you got someone else's results, Bob. That's that, yeah. that's the, <laughs> <laughs> the results of birth. There's just there's oh there's God. no way. There, yeah. So I should probably I should probably show you some of those results we did for Texas. Uh, that are sort of funny. Uh, so with, with Texas. So there are a couple of things, you know, the, the, the good thing is that we're starting to get more accepted uh, of taking the vaccine. We're about we think we're going to be about 75 percent of people are we willing to take the vaccine. I have been su- the the I have been super surprised by the turn <sighs> that I have seen in our show hosts and their guests over the course of the past two months. Um, two months ago, I'm going to say probably 80 percent of the folks that run our studios were just like nope not taking it um don't believe in it Uh, you know it's gonna you know whatever it's gonna make an antenna grow out of my head whatever um over the last couple weeks i'm hearing a lot of you know what i've thought about it i've watched it you know and it's and a lot of the credit goes to you because i walk into the studio armed with everything you give me (laughs) Um, and I'm like, well, here's how this really works. Da, 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 da. And if you want, go watch this. And here's this will give you the rundown on it. And like, yeah, you know, you know, I've listened to what you've had to say, and I've done my own research. And da, 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 da. and you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm on the list now to go get it because I want to protect the people around me. Beautiful. Yeah. No, that that's the whole thing. You know, we have so many excess deaths. It's hard to disagree that something's going on. COVID is is the logical explanation for all this excess death, and we got something that's ninety five percent protected. Man, that's, that's you know, and honestly, that's a that's actually a good question for you before you dive into Texas. Um, sure. So, because I know that's that's the one question that I've been hit with that I don't know the answer to. Uh, but I said I would ask the next time we had you on. Is sure. once you've been vaccinated, like how safe does that make you like can you still be a carrier can you still be a spreader because like like for example like i know i'm a carrier for strep 
Um, yep. so like when it, when strep season comes around, I, you know, I, I won't have any of the symptoms or anything, but like my, like my lymph nodes might swell up a little bit for one day. And I'm like, oh, I better tell the kids not to be jerks and use my toothbrush or anything. Um, so like, is, is that what's the, what's the likelihood possibility of, of that being a thing? Cause that's the thing. I mean, as people get vaccinated, you're going to see more and more people out. So that's yeah, the natural question. That's right. and, and, and rightfully so. So here, here are some of the numbers, right? Okay. Now, now they're, they're, we're, we're making some assumptions, and but here's a, here are a couple of scenarios for you, Dave. Um, you know, here's person one, they're unvaccinated, right? On the, on the top side, you see an unvaccinated person dealing with someone who has been vaccinated. The chance that that person, if they were dealing in the general public with unvaccinated people or transmitting at regular rates, you can get a sense of what the attack rates are to our understanding. If you're okay. out there and, and and you've got a symptomatic case and you're talking to someone with a symptomatic case and you've got no PPP, 20% chance, around 18% chance, you're going to get it. Uh, that, that, that's a high rate, right? Yeah. If your family comes through and you're in a family of two, uh, you know, 42%. So these are all the, uh, you know, uh, stay-at-home, you know, single-family homes. Right. Uh, single parent homes, uh, really high attack rates, spouses, if your spouses, you know, uh, and got the, got it, chances are, you know, you know, only 50, almost 50, 50, you're going to get it as well. So you get a sense of there's where you are without a vaccine. Now, if you are with a vaccine, you're visiting somebody, uh, you then have to multiply that attack rate by the positivity rate times. If you're wearing any PPE, your, your numbers go down to 0.1 to 0.0, uh, to, to 0.5%. You know, if you're if you're doing it with severe disease, almost no chance. Hospitalized death, zero chance, right? Okay. Almost zero deaths. You know, I'm talking parts per million. If you're with an unvaccinated child, a vaccinated adult, and this is why the, the CDC said, go ahead. If you're if you're a, a grandparent who's vaccinated, go ahead and see your children. You're you're talking about you know point zero two uh, percent um, uh, down to you know point one percent. So kind of one of a thousand, you know, one in ten thousand kind of rates of, of chance that you're going to get infected. Severe disease, even less, and hospitalization, of course, nothing. And then if you're both vaccinated. You can get. I mean, you're you're taught, you're you're getting down to parts per million. Um, so that that's a really great thing. The problem the problem is that we do what we don't know right now is what what everybody else's. Um, um, so this is vaccinated masks and vaccinated vaccinated masks. You can get a sense of how just how if you're both wearing N95 masks and are both vaccinated, you're you're in really good shape. Uh, to avoid any any kind of death, and this is important because often we don't know. And this is just one on one. Now the problem is when we get into crowds, and so the CDC right. said, "Hey, if you're getting into crowds, vaccinated, unvaccinated, you, you know, go ahead. If you're, you know, we prefer outdoors, but even then, if you're in, indoors and you're not wearing masks, but you're both vaccinated, probably going to be safe. So it does, that's one on one interactions or family to family you know, pods of people who are normally getting together regularly. Um, they said." If, uh, if you're unvaccinated and you're talking about, uh, you know, a number of different, uh, a whole family, uh, then it's lower, but we don't really like it very much. And certainly if you're with multiple mixed households, don't do that yet, uh, because it could be that you're going to spread something. The problem we got is that we, we, we inject into our muscle, right? It's an intermuscular injection. And then we hope that the immune system jumps from the muscle into our mucosal layers because this is a this is a respiratory disease okay. and our, our, our mucosal membrane actually has a slightly different immune system than uh, than the than, than the than the, part, the most of the rest of our body and so that jump sometimes doesn't happen and so you can be infected in your nose transmitting through your nose and still be completely you know uh, devoid of the disease inside the rest of your body and we're still trying to figure that out so it'll take us about a month to two months to figure that out 
once you figure that out, whether we can still transmit, uh, even for asymptomatic or not, then uh, that, 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 at that point, you'll see a lot more you know, openness about, okay, go ahead and take off your mask. But we, but we don't have that data yet. Gotcha. Uh, we, likely. We have some suggestive data. I can show you some of that, uh, but not yet. So the idea here is right now, the best, the best move is to pretend that you're an asymptomatic carrier. So if you're, if you've been vaccinated, that's, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Your best move is to say, okay, I'm, I, I'm asymptomatic. I could be a carrier. So I want to use the protection for these other people just in case. And the most important thing they said is risk matters. So, so number one, stay away from crowds, you know, and stay away from the indoors. Try to be as as as, as creative as you can about that. Uh, make, make your make your visits count, right? You don't want to just you know go to a crowded bar where you don't know anybody. But you know, make your visits count. You, you see your grandmother, see people who are going to. You know, <laughs> I don't know the uh, you know the the big story we were that we, that we would love to that we were talking about last week was that apparently um, you know somebody somewhere did a study that said uh, apparently infidelity and cheating will be on the rise um, along with the vaccine rollout. <laughs> so apparently we're apparently a lot of people. Will be going to bars where they're not where they're not really knowing anybody. <laughs> that's that's interesting. The, well, if they do go to the bars, they should know what their risk levels are and what the risk levels are of people that they're hoping to ha- hook up with because right. that turns out to be really important uh, as far as death rates go. You have to really if you're if you are vaccinated and you're visiting people with really high um, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, risks uh, and these are the risks right if they've got cancer yep. and they're immunocompromised COPD if they got cystic fibrosis if they've got uh, you know liver diseases and so on. Um, uh, or diabetes type one, which is f- frequent, um, then you you really want to make sure both of you guys are wearing a mask because that 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 could really end in a tragedy, even even though you've been vaccinated. So just some thoughts there, and then we want to look at uh, take a look at the great state of Texas, right? Uh, right. So we had to run some numbers for these guys <laughs> to find out, you know, whether or not uh, what 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 would happen if Texas opened up. And interestingly, there were a whole bunch of other states that also wanted to open up. So. Um, so, uh, we did it for Texas. We did it for New York. We did it for Virginia, Georgia, a couple other states that were, where we were, the governors were asking us and a couple of states said we're going to back off based on the numbers we, we were running. And a couple of states said, you know, full steam ahead. <laughs> so, so here's what happens. It's sort of interesting. You don't normally see this kind of a, 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 a peak. We've got so much, uh, COVID bubbling around that if you li- if you, if you sort of open everything up, and 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 you've got the levels of 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 susceptible people still in the population. What happens is you just go through a huge peak spike upward and then come right back down again. Uh, so if uh, our our calculations where we would have two hundred thousand extra hospitalization, and, and trust me, Texas can't really handle two hundred thousand ICU cases certainly, and uh, uh, and then and hospitalization levels. This would really hurt them a lot. Um, uh, uh, if they if they open up April. Fifteenth, uh, uh, a complete stopping of all distancing. They they would uh, between the between April first and the and the end of the year, they'd have one hundred ninety four thousand cases of uh, uh, in the hospital. If they waited though until June first, they'd still have a little hump, but it would it would really go down to fifty three thousand. So all of a sudden, you're you're dividing that number by three just by waiting an extra six weeks. So we were encouraging Governor Abbott to say, you know, let's let's maybe wait an extra three, four, five weeks. Let this thing go through because uh, we are going to have a lot of uh, variants go through um, and then and then and then open things up you know go down from 200,000 to 50,000 that's a good deal and then if you if you want to wait until August 1st and that's a long way to wait 
you go from 50,000 to 11,000. So, um, you know, that's not bad, but look at what, what, you know, normally in a normal year, we'd only have 8,000 hospitalizations, <laughs> new hospitalizations based on stuff that was you know circulating around that we weren't expecting beyond normal. And this extra COVID hospitalization, we put up at 200,000. So this looks sort of weird. And they say, we've never seen that before. But the problem is the reason we haven't is because we aggregate the data. And when you look at Europe, for example, here's what Europe looked like, right? And they had that big spike uh, and, and, and they haven't gone down. And so what we did is we said, suppose we had like in Europe, we had it's like 17 Texases and each of those European states, these Texas states opened up slightly differently, right. relaxed at slightly different times, closed back down again slightly different times. What could it look like? And the answer was pretty darn close to Europe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's, I mean, like just, I mean, just from a, like a, just a, a basic, science thing i mean that's that's kind of the issue is when until we hit herd immunity until you have that saturation of a vaccinated population however you get there it it's a giant petri dish for the virus like everybody that's, roaming around that's you know and and if you want i can show you some of the some of the work we did about uh, around the petri dish question question and uh, just to kind of explain it to people because you're absolutely right i, I can <laughs> uh so here's here's the you know I never ever don't like hearing that I'm right so that this is amazing <laughs> as as Bob will attest I'm sure. <laughs> so well, well you know the first thing you said was was Fred you know it turns out we're using the same same antigen with different technologies right? we got these we got these different technologies we've got the protein based the viral right. vector the mRNA each different technology is quite different in the way they synthesize them the RNA basically coats the vi- the mRNA with with, with oil. You know, it makes it really slippery. The oil gets into the cells, slips into the cells, and everything's fine. The the the, the J and J AstraZeneca technique is by taking an adenovirus, uh, which you've done this before with a couple other diseases, and so it's, not, it's a proven technology, not not like the mRNA, which is a brand new one. We've taken these adenoviruses, and that's actually what we do is we take out the the we take out the infective part of it, leave the sheath coat, which hel- helps inject the thing in, and we put in what we're interested in. Uh, and 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 say okay, go ahead and, and make this now. Uh, and 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 so it's a it's a different way of of, of delivering the same drug, uh, same antigen uh, to the body. And then finally, uh, Moderna uses a, a, a big ball of proteins, all full of stuff that that are loaded up and create antigens also that way. So they 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 actually don't infect the cell. They uh, they um, they well they they. they uh, they uh, actually are on the cell that, that is injected in. So, that's, so that's sort of a different technologies. Well, and I, and I know, and we love, <laughs> we talk religion here is about as much as we talk politics, but because the story came out this weekend, I wanted to ask, um, yeah. there was a, basically a pronouncement from the Catholic church uh, that came yeah. out that said, you know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine um, has in its origin, in its lineage, uh, stem cell or cells that were obtained through uh, a fetal abortion. Um, don't get it. Yes, yeah, so that that was the, that was the, that was the Church of, of New Orleans, as I recall, right? Our class of New Orleans, and uh, that countermanded the Pope's <laughs> decree, which said J and J's vaccine was just fine. Wow, I, I and I would I would think the Pope wins. In in the that Pope, discussion, and so here's what happened. Basically, what we do is we grow uh, what we're interested in in cell lines, and the problem with human cell lines is they die. Uh, and the thing that stops the, the cell lines from dying 
is, is, is if they're stem cells. The stem cells right. last forever. They can kind of continually reproduce and, and, and produce uh, the antigen that we're interested in. Well, J&J created their cell lines from, uh, from uh, uh, someone voluntarily had an abortion, uh, and that was uh, in 1970. I was, I was uh, just going to say, I think I read somewhere that it was like as far like the late 60s or early 70s. Yeah. 1970, yep. And it was, this was in, in, in the Netherlands. So let's be clear, and, 51 years ago. Okay. Yeah, 51 years ago. And in the Netherlands at that time, it was, it was for cause. You know, uh, they, they were quite rigid about the reasons people were you know, having abortions. Right. Uh, and so there was this, they, they took some of the cell lines from the retinal cell of the, of the fetus, so those, of, the, of the developing eye, and they used that as a basis for the way they're going to grow the, 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 the antigen. Uh, and, uh, and so, and, and so unfortunately, that cell line is used for a number of different a, a number of different vaccines uh, that that are produced today, uh, not just by J and J, but by all. <laughs> this is a you know we we really restricted the amount of embryonic cell line use we could we could that we allowed, and so we really restricted that significantly. And so a lot there are a lot of different manufacturers who use the cell line to grow their their their, their, their cells. Today we can do this uh, uh, we can do this without actually any any fetal tissue at all. So we've really accelerated our technology. Gotcha. But of course, once you created your manufacturing operations, you can't go back to the regulators and say, "By the way, we're going to shut everything down, reintroduce a brand new thing," and the regulators are going to say, "Well, that'll take you, you know, five years to re- <laughs> reestablish right. our trust, and they have to redo all their clinical trials." And so they haven't done that. So I, I, I think I think you may have already answered this question, but I'll ask our, our buddy Jamie just chimed in um, and wanted to know uh, if you've gotten the vaccine, and if so, which one? And I think you said you've gotten the vaccine. And I, I, uh, I got the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. My, my, my daughter, uh, got the J and J vaccine <laughs> just the other day. So, so, uh, we're, we're completely, uh, no, no. Uh, and, and my mother got the Moderna vaccine. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're pretty neutral on our, on our side of the equation, but yeah, I, I, it was just random. I mean, I, I was at, at gross point and, and I went to the Kroger and, uh, you know, we, we were just lucky. My wife got, got, got the appointment and we, Zip down and, and, and got it. It was just happened to be Pfizer. But uh, so, and, and, and each of those, of course, injects the same antigen. You've seen this right. slide before I showed you, and you can see everyone's using the same antigen. And so the problem is that because that we're using the same antigen, the reason we use it is because we think, aha, you know, it's got to, that's the piece that spike protein attaches to our cells. So it can't change too much or it can't attach to our cells, right? We're pretty right. specific here about how, well, it turns out sadly that for some wild reason, and it's because the, the, this virus is still, is still evolving, uh, we caught it, you know, uh, that. That in fact, the spike protein is is mutating at twice the rate of, of the rest of the virus, and the binding region is the binding, which is the most sensitive part of this, the RBD and the. And the you're and you're the, really not helping my the Earth is just done with us theory. You're, yeah, you're and, and, and so, so basically, the area we thought should be most conserved is actually most plastic, uh, and so we've, so we've got this binding region mutating at four times the speed of the rest of the virus. Absolutely wild situation. And the most important thing I can say is that there are a lot of guys out there who say, you know, my, I, I'm a strong guy. You know, my, my body will handle it. Right. Well, the problem is that you're trying to beat biology. <laughs> right. It turns out that, 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 that the virus, you know, replicates so many times in your body so fast and, and has such a small amount of DNA. It's only 30,000 base pairs of DNA. You got, you know, uh, versus, versus a mammal like the mouse with millions and millions right. of base pairs. That a small mutational change. And you're replicating so many times, right? They're they're going to reproduce, you know, in, in, in a couple in a couple hours. You could have, you know, 
several thousand replications versus you waiting, you know, 18 years or so. (laughs) Right. Well, Um, and I I, honestly, like that was, that was one of the points that I made in my, in my post that I shared yesterday when I was sharing my memories of a year ago and that kind of stuff was the, the thing that people need to understand is just because you're over it and, and you're done and bored with this doesn't mean that nature is over it. It doesn't mean, (laughs) it doesn't mean that the virus is bored. Um, and, and that's the sad reality is that nature, like this virus can be patient and just wait for you to do something stupid. Um, you. Absolutely right. And, and the point of this slide is if you got a really big genome, like us mammals, like, 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 like humans, and you're expecting a small mutational change that happens, uh, in your own cells to, you know, over, to, to be able to overwhelm a, a, a little virus that's replicating, um, um, you know, Many more, many fat, many times faster than you, uh, and 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 each and each mutation, and 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 it has lots more mutations than you. It's going to change and adapt faster than your body can, and that's the bottom line. So if once you get this thing, your body is not going to be able to respond fast enough. If that makes sense, yep. It's replicating too fast. It's got too many genes, too many mutations, and your body just can't keep up with that 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 rate of speed uh, at a very simplified level of the science. And what's interesting is, of course, you know. Here is what what happens with the overall. This is this is a family tree of 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 the <laughs> of the uh, of the virus uh, right here on the on the left hand side, and you can get a sense of where um, you know if you if you're into phylogenetic phylogenetic uh, dynamics, you can you know you look at this and you go whoa you know because those straight lines mean a lot of exponential growth. Yep. So we're talking about a lot of exponential <laughs> growth of this virus, and the fact that you don't have mixing of the red, orange, yellow, and blues means it's a lot harder to attack. If you got lots of mixing, then you can. Well, yeah, because that just means there's a lot of uniqueness. That's right. It's it's very unique. They're they're evolving separately, and then of course we we travel around the world as humans, <laughs> coughing on each other on, on international airplanes, and we're going to get the stuff right. And so, sure enough, we've got we've got you know Brazil, the Brazilian virus in five states at least. We're not even measuring it. Uh, we got forty. The, uh, I think view on that the, the UK variant is in forty eight states already. So I mean, it's just. It's just going too fast for us to stop. Well, so and that's and that's when we were talking earlier. You said it, I think it's the uh, the one seventeen that's that's yeah, kind of got a foothold here in Michigan. Yep, we are. So Michigan is the third worst state for B one one seven. Luckily, it's all contained in a prison in Ionia. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't quite say I'm being a little flip, but no, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, sadly. Uh, for the prisoners, uh, uh, you know, of the 200 or so cases, 157 of them are in that prison, and then we have 50 that are in that county. So if you look at Michigan, it's like a bright red dot, and then the rest of the state doesn't have that much. I think in, in Ann Arbor, we've got about 20 cases, something like that. Uh, but, but, but the B117 is um, – actually, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. The B117 actually is, is, is not as bad a situation as some of the others it could be, and I'll show you why in a, in a second. I just wanted to show you the fight that we're having. It's sort of like a war game. You know, if you're, if you're playing video, video games and you're looking for superpowers, we got, we got some and they got some, right? You, you, so just, wo- you just woke Bob up. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's the war game, right? We, we got our masks, we got our swords, we got tests, we got contact tracing, we got sequencing, we got ventilation, and we, we got the vaccines, we got some good medicines, and, there, and that, that sort of, we, we get these superpowers every once in a while. And then we got the, but, but the, but the virus also has got some superpowers, right? It, it, it's got, it's got, it, it starts to mutate and find, and, and it basically, so you, we start to select for these, these powers that, you know, allow the virus to infect fast, actually 
at lengthen the time of infectivity. So we've gone from you know four days average uh, in, in infectivity to eight or nine days infectivity with these new variants. We've got and you're 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 you're, you're coughing up more particles uh, per cough than uh, originally. I'll show you that in a second. The the and they're they're binding much more tightly to our ACE two and uh, ACE two sites of, uh, in our cells, and so that when they when they bind that tightly, that's going to get them a, a faster and I'm sure injection into our cells of their of their mRNA, and then of course. Uh, they're they're stealthy. They're full of sugars, and they 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 they, they sort of hide out so that your immune system doesn't see them, and they go and attack at the last minute uh, with, uh, with 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 their with their spikes. And of course, um, they've got all sorts of ways of increasing uh, their transfection rates uh, in in the thing. So we start to see this fight going on with us having stuff and them having stuff. We will put on masks. Okay, well we'll 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 and we'll, we'll have longer and better infectivity. And of course, the trick is. The virus keeps wanting to re- reproduce. It, it wants to basically have a, have a happy time in your body. Uh, and so the problem is right now over 100 countries in the, in the world, this is a global pandemic, haven't, been, haven't had one vaccinated shot yet. Not one shot. Uh, wow. All the children, of course, don't have any, any inje- haven't been injected yet. And of course, the immunocompromised, that's a whole other area I'll get into in a second. So we got this, we got this, you know, that Swiss cheese approach we talked about, right? Or where you've got a whole bunch of layers of protection. That we need to have because not, not not there's no one that's a that's a perfect tool set. So the first layer is the prophylactic layer. We want to make sure that you got a vaccine that works, and so if that happens, then you're you're protected before it even gets into your body. Then you want to be if that if it gets through, you know, if you're worried about gosh, maybe you can get through. Then you want to be at least be aware of all your risk levels and understand that. Then you want to start socially distance and finally want to mask and find. So then you want to have to test. By the time, oh, I love you know, I love the brewery uh, that posted a sign on their front door. Uh, that said, our new surcharge structure is uh, fifty dollars if you have if we have to explain why masks are mandatory, and and then an additional seventy five dollars if we have to listen to you explain why they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's sort of obvious, right? If you put something in front of your mouth, you're not going to be spreading it. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, and it, it doesn't matter, you know, what party you're from. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're rich or rich or poor. It doesn't matter about anything. It, it, it's sort of the basic basic physics. So and, and so basically, you know, they have created these new things. And here's, for example, originally. Um, this is the first big variant battle, right? It was a D614 against a G614. And, and, and so what happened was California had that D614, right? These guys were coming over from China, infected us, uh, and, and we had the D614 variant. And it wasn't that effective. You can sit, get a sense of, you know, see the little orange particles coming off? Right. Not too bad. New York, meanwhile, uh, on the New York side, it turned out that the Wuhan virus went to Europe first, got real strong and then came over to us. So New York was fighting this thing in the blue and it was, it was just killing us right for a long time. So we were wondering, gosh, why is California doing so well? New York's just crappy. And the reason was because they're fighting something different. <laughs> so, so that, that ended that. So they got more particles for longer Then they're stealthier. So you can see a sense that as they sit, as they get these sugars around them, as they start to change shape, uh, these antibodies, little Y shaped antibodies you see there and the first square, and then right in the middle of the page, that's, yep. that's supposed to you know glom on to these to these particles uh, and stop and, and make them heavy and, and 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 not be able to infect the the the, the ACE the ACE two receptor. Well, unfortunately, these 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 uh, the, the the new particles were so different than the original uh, Wuhan virus that the antibodies we created for the Wuhan virus didn't stick to the new ones. 
And so now it's, you know, it's got free access to the ACE2 receptor. And by the way, it's a lot stickier to the ACE2 receptor because of these mutations. And so it sticks there better and then it injects you. And you can see all these cellular processes also start to get faster and faster. And so you get a, a lot more power in the vaccine. And so as we, you know, moved in one direction, the virus is counteracting us through selection in the other direction. So that's, that's the battle. And right gotcha. now, I think, I think actually we have, we have a little bit of a lead. Um, with our vaccines. Our vaccines are so strong and our boost, and our immune systems are so boosted that, the you know, for anything that's pretty close to the Wuhan virus, we're going to get it. And the problem is that what the, what the virus is doing is it's stacking all these mutations. So basically, you know, it's not just one mutation that you got to worry about uh, for longer transmission, not just one uh, neutralizing antibody resistant, not just one virulent strength strengthener. Uh, these guys are, you know, putting on their their cloaks of invisibility. Plus, they've got their wands out and, and and swords out in sixteen different directions, and it's stacking up on them. So, in other words, all right, dun- Dungeons and Dragons nerds, we're here exactly. for you. The <laughs> <laughs> some video games come. I, there were, people were talking about a video game that I haven't played. Sadly, I, I can only imagine what it was like. Where you've got you know, Special capabilities as you as you move up the the, the capabilities. That, that's just what the virus is doing. It's adding hey, little capabilities and trying. Hey, to- Fred. Yes. Stu. Um. I don't know if this is a stupid question or this is just something I've heard, and you're my voice of reason, so I just want to kind of dispel it. Or or is is what we're doing long term bad for us? Meaning all of this hand sanitizer and social distancing and masking, not the masking, but the social distancing. Aren't we supposed to build natural? And I'm not on one side or the other. I'm just curious to what your take is on it. That we're supposed to kind of eat dirt once in a while to keep our natural immunities going. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you want to get rid of COVID for eight or nine months, just go out and get yourself infected, and then you'll have eight or nine months of protection at about fifty percent rate. Or mm-hmm. you can go get a vaccine and be protected for you know nine months at ninety-five percent protection and probably longer, because uh, you're talking about you know. Uh, an order of magnitude, you know, two orders of magnitude more protection with a vaccine than just getting naturally, you know, you know, eating the dirt, getting naturally infected. And the problem. Yeah, but uh, what I meant was, sorry, oh, yeah. no, what I meant was like long term, like I'm not talking oh, long term. I'm talking no. like in two years, three years. Right. We're supposed are we supposed to build a natural immunity or does that ju- it, it, it's kind of like the liver? It cleanses itself. You know, like what? You know, I was always under the impression that you got to get dirty once in a while to. to Build your body's immunity system up. Well, that well, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but it doesn't quite work that 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 way. You know, there there were yeah. So so uh, basically, the answer for so well, I tell you what, I, I think I think Jamie just chimed in and summed it up, and he said basically we're worried about superbugs with all the sanitizing, like in hospitals. Right. And so I'll talk to you about superbugs in, in a second. But but the idea here is that, that what, the, what the vaccine, what the virus is doing, it isn't creating just one big mutation. It's creating a whole series of small mutations that are harder for us to fight. And slowly but surely, it's gaining a capability that that that, that may allow the, it to escape what they call escape the vaccine. And so that's what we're worried about right now. And the unfortunate thing about this is the way we monitor this is actually through ge- uh, genetic sequencing, and we don't do enough of it. We only ge- genetically sequence zero point two three percent of our positive tests. 
So you can imagine just how much, uh, you know, unknowledge, uh, you know, how, how blindly we're flying, right? We, we have no idea where these variants are and what, and what quantity, whether they're dangerous or not, what the mutations are uh, in the United States. Uh, Europe, uh, England is doing a much better job. Australia has got 60, six, actually sequences 60% of everything that's positive in the, in, in the country. Well, so and I mean, is, well, and I mean, to some degree, isn't this the difference? Like, so, you know, and, and I think we've talked about this before where, so like when it comes to what is like what makes it to be a pandemic right you know and so like we've talked about so like ebola will never be a pandemic because it burns through people and kills them off too quickly yep the common Same cold yeah the common cold will never be a pandemic because it doesn't have the capability of killing people but it spreads very rapidly whereas here you have something in the sweet spot yeah. That ha- and I and I use that term loosely, um, but in the sweet spot from the viral perspective, where it can do enough damage that either a it can kill you or b it can leave you with all these long hauler symptoms that we're still learning about and hearing about and that kind of stuff, um, and it has the capability of spreading quickly, and so I, I so I think to Bob I think where Bob's getting is. And actually, I think, Bob, you're, you're kind of getting to what 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 Fred was getting to earlier about the importance of hitting that hu- that herd immunity standpoint is that if we don't stay ahead of it and we, do, you know, it's like, you know, you, you OK, you know, send the old days like when we were kids, send your kids. OK, little Johnny has chicken pox. Everybody, all the kids go to Johnny's house for a sleepover to get chicken pox because it's no big deal. Well, when little Johnny got the flu. The parents didn't send the kids over. If little Johnny got the measles, the parents didn't send the kids over because the effects were a little bit more severe. Yes, yeah, measles, measles will kill you. Measles killed two, you know, up until the nineteen gosh nineteen forty or so. Measles killed two million, two point six million children a year. <laughs> you know, it's a deadly disease. It spreads super rapidly. Well, and I, and I may be vastly over, oversimplifying, but I, yeah, no, I think that, that, I think that's, that's where Bob was going. Yeah, that, that's a good way of thinking about it, you know, for, for some things. And I'll talk about superbugs in a second. I wanted to get uh, to your point, which was eradication uh, versus uh, what they call an endemic environment. And and um, there are two different kinds of goals that we're going after. The, uh, and the endemic environment, we're talking about we're just going to have to live with this thing, you know. And that's what we do with the common cold. That's what we do with the flu. It's become endemic uh, versus versus eradication like smallpox, polio. We've actually gotten rid of them. Uh, and that's a very different kind of goal that we've got. And you can see that basically uh, your vaccine uptake uh, is low to high on the right-hand axis. And, it's, and then basically our ability to plug MPI systems. We're not very good at MPI systems. I don't need to tell you. We, got, we have enough deaths and, and illnesses. Even, right. though I think we, 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 even though we think we're pretty good, you should go to Taiwan. You should go to China. You should go to like Australia. Those guys really know how to deploy. Singapore. Those guys really know how to deploy uh, MP, uh, non-pharmaceutical systems. They, they, they're they're, they're down and you know three three or four infections per, per hundred thousand and we're up at you know, 200 so that gives you a sense of you know how much better they are than we are at that just because they're used to it they're used to f- trying to fight off these things they, they, they have they have one of these uh, you know uh, bad uh, epidemics floating through their systems every couple of years we you know this is the first time we've had it in 100, 100 years so yeah. you know, they, they've got a reason for being a little better but at any rate you can get a sense of the path I think we're going to follow we're going to follow 
you know, January, we're down here. We're, com we're coming up this here right now. 10% of the people in the United States have had two, have had both courses of the vaccine, you know, du dual dose or a single dose of J&J. &J, and we're moving up to uh, the summer. And we're, we're now we're starting to relax our NPI system, the non-pharmaceutical system. So we're going to start from a point of being over to the left a little bit. We're wondering how far over we're going to go. And then, and then we, and then, and then once we think, get some control, then we can move up into the green area. And the green area is two visions. One is control versus eradication. That's where, that, that's what Bob was saying was, can, can we get to a point of eradicating this or are we just going to have to live with a stupid thing? And the answer is, for China or Taiwan, you can see Taiwan just has to go straight up. We, they don't have to go, go through all this snaggling that we do. Um, they're, they're, they, they actually are going to try, want to try to eradicate. But for us, we're going to be happy enough with control. And people are saying, okay, that means we're in an, an endemic environment. And you can see we've got three kind of scenarios on the under the. Wait, wait, I, do me a favor. Go back a slide. I just want to make sure yeah. I read a date right. Yes. That, that says 2027. 2020 question mark. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. No, we, we a, oh, my gosh. No, 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 we should be a, oh, Okay. Yeah. I, we I do just. That to people. We do it. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to clarify because, okay, now I see, but like, yeah, when I was just, when I just looked at it quick, I thought it said 2027 and I was like, mother of God. Oh, yeah. No, no, if we're stupid and we keep going back and forth and don't mask and we, and we, and we think we're controlling transmission and we're not with vaccines, it could, it, I mean, we could be 2030, 2040 if, we, if we're really stupid. I don't think we're going to be that way, though. I think we're going to be, and, and I think we're going to have a, I think we're going to have a scare. You, April, you, May. you have, you have so much more faith in people than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we screwed up, we've screwed up, we've screwed up uh, testing. We've screwed up uh, masking. We, we, uh, we could screw up vaccination. I hope we don't. We don't. I'm, I'm working on that team. So, you know, we're trying to get this thing out fast. Uh, and I think we're going to be up at like four, 4.2 million doses at our peak. Uh, probably in May, June, uh, which would be great, you know, and then um, we'll, we'll start, we start, we'll start to hit the point where people say, I don't really want the vaccine. Thank you very much. Uh, but everyone who wants one, I think, as, as Joe Biden said, you know, May 1st, it'll we'll, we'll open up the demand. Uh, you know, it'll be on demand. That and then if we behave, we can have a barbecue on the 4th of July. Then if we behave, we can have a barbecue on the 4th of July, but, but you know, only with your family and stay outdoors. He said purposely a barbecue. <laughs> and, and don't don't invite a lot of people, right? And <laughs> no crowds. <laughs> yeah. So we're still we're still gonna be it's it's sort of like it's sort of like you remember you're playing hot pond hockey and you let in and you're in your skates and you let the little guy go out first and you sort of tap it, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah, check the ice, check the ice, yeah. <laughs> You don't want you don't want to be the first big heavy guy out there on the ice. You want you not in the middle of the pond, right? You want to you want to sort of go out there slow. That's what we're doing. We're going to go out there slow. You know, <laughs> take too much risk. Uh, so at any rate, so, so and, and, and as Bob said, we so the idea is what you know is it going to be burning out like SARS or like uh, or, or like Ebola did? Uh, that's eradication, right? It, it kills itself. Or we can have a great vaccine like we have for smallpox or polio or others, and, and that, that's completely sanitizing. Now, at the endemic level, uh, then we're having to live with this thing. So we, we're living, for example, with a sanitizing vaccine with no escape. That's polio. That's smallpox. So that's that's fine. You know that that you know we got a great vaccine. It's permanent, and we're going to do a good job. Where you see the issues are when um, when. Uh, you continually get infected at a low rate when you're a child, and then uh, when you're an adult, you still get you still get the sniffles. But all the other COVID, uh, about 15% of our colds are related to a COVID virus. And so what happens is, you, as a young child, you get the cold. Uh, you don't have too many because of the nature of the COVID. You don't have too much of a of a of a of a, of a symptom. And then as you get older, 
those those your 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 cross immunized, um, and so you get a much lower kind of dose of, uh, of 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 a bad of a bad disease. A lot of our colds probably started out as something pretty bad, and then slowly got diluted down. And then we have the influenza vaccine. Influenza sort of interesting. I don't know if you, if you know about this, but it's it's at Roche we had we had the we had the only you know, kind of cures. I was and I was responsible for these product lines, and we called it the birds. And the reason we called it about you know because we weren't sure whether our profitability would be half a billion dollars higher or lower any given year because it all <laughs> depended on the birds. <laughs> and if the birds were were good to us, it means we had a bad flu season, and we'd have use lots of our Tamiflu, lots of our diseases. Because it turns out that what happens is we're pretty good at creating uh, you know vaccines for for the flu. But you know that those vaccines are either between ten and sixty percent effective. Right. And the reason is because we have to de- decide six months in advance which uh, strains are likely to be the ones we're going to have to fight in September. And the way we predict this is we look at the rate of avian flu in the southern hemisphere for northern hemisphere and vice versa six months in advance for the southern hemisphere. And then we look at the birds and the birds <laughs> and then the birds go and they and they start to infect us. And we don't really know when you jump from a bird to a human, which ones are going to work and which ones aren't going to work. So what's our best guess? Um, which ones are going to jump. But since it's in all these birds and they're flying all over the place, it's hard to define when and what is going to hit us. And that's why the flu is so hard to control. So just a, a little side note. <laughs> well, because I mean, and, and I guess, you know, to, to your point, I mean, it, it's because it's consistently mutating like we're seeing with this. That's right. And so we, and and flu is even worse on the mutation side than, than, than COVID. COVID is a little bit more stable uh, than the flu. It's, about, it's, about, it's actually about 10 times more stable. Uh, then the flu, the flu okay. uh, mutates about four to five times in a month. Uh, this one mutates about one to two times a month. The, uh, yeah, uh, uh, in, in every gen, every ten generations, you'll see a significant mutation uh, in, in in the COVID. So at any rate, you know, we asked all these epidemiologists. So why, what's what's going to you know what do you think? And they said eighty nine percent of them said it's 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 not going to burn itself out. Uh, it's going to become endemic. We're going to have to live with this thing. At some level, we're going to have some level of deaths uh, for the you know the rest for the foreseeable future. That means for as long as you and I live, right. probably. And the, and the reason for it was these that were, were they thought were these five or six areas, right? They thought there was going to be escape uh, because there were going to be variants, right? They said uh, the variants are going to get you know, clever and they're going to win the win, win some of those battles that we looked at earlier. They said it was going to be waning immunity, so you know our vaccines aren't going to last forever. Uh, they said that there's going to be uneven vaccine distribution. I'll show you about that in a second. That's sort of interesting. Uh, right, we got you know guys in Africa not not being able to afford the shots, so they then they fly over and visit us or their uh, uh, to do business to visit their family. And uh, and uh, I shouldn't pick on pick on Africa. Actually, it'll probably it'll probably, it'll probably be Europe and Japan and other places as well. But you know we've got a lot of cross pollination uh, that causes uh, that effort. And some of these communities, some of the countries are going to be better vaccinated protected than others. Then we have the hesitancy question. Uh, and luckily in the United States, it's coming down, but in Europe, it's going up. Uh, and so we're going to have issues with that. And then we have the lack of political. Well, we saw that in Brazil in spades right now. Brazil is the only country worse than us right now, as far as, uh, you know, daily uh, case rates uh, in the world. It finally surpassed us, which is not a good thing to be, obviously, but that's a lack of political will. And then animal reservoirs, which we haven't really talked about, which I talked about with the flu, which is with the birds. There are a number of animal species, including our own our own pets, 
uh, that can carry a coronavirus. So those are some of the things that the, that the, um, that the epidemiologists are worried about right now. And with that, I should show you what, so now the, one of the more important questions that you had was, okay, so how do these bad variants come up? And the answer is, we think that the worst variants come up um, as a result of our immunocompromised people. What happens is you're immunocompromised, you get the bug, and then it, 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 you sort of control it with lots of medicine, right? We throw everything we got at this thing, the best stuff we've got, and slowly but surely, uh, you get better. And then you go back in the world, and it turns out you haven't really killed the thing off, you know? And so it comes back, and this time, you've killed off all the things that are best medicines. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, because you've, you've now taught it how to deal with that. Yeah. And we think that's ha what happened in Europe for the B117 virus. There was a guy, sick one, one sick person in, in Cambridge Hospital, 102 days of having COVID. He went through three different episodes. And at the end of, uh, of, of the third episode, he finally sadly died at day 102. By that time, though, the bugs had gotten so had so many mutations and were so powerful that you know uh, he spread it uh, just to a couple people and it just zipped through the whole country. And now, get this, um, the, you know the rest of Europe is on fire with B117 because they haven't gotten their vac vaccinations. Yet. It turns out our vaccines that we're taking right now, our Pfizer vaccine or JNG vaccine, are going to protect us from that okay. particular variant. It doesn't protect Europe, and they're only six percent vaccinated. We're you know we're 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 about. Uh, we're about 28% for the first for, for the first dose um, of, of vaccinations, uh, and UK is at 35% uh, vaccination rate. So that so we're we're somewhat protected from that problem. But get this, um, in, in in South Africa, same kind of thing came up again, and they have a lot of HIV cases, a lot of immunocompromised right. cases down there. Great breeding ground in the United States right now. We've got 10 million immunocompromised people. And if you and if you look at our best-selling drugs, most of them are things like Humira, Remicade, uh, Skyrizi, uh, all these things that are for uh, antiarthritis, all these things that are for you know uh, avoiding uh, uh, skin skin rash and so on. Um, uh, th those are immunomodulators, and so th and they reduce your immune response. Right at the end of those ads, you see, you know uh, try to avoid infections because they'll get really bad really fast if, you, mm -hmm. if you're on these drugs. And we, so we have a lot of people money more than we really think about who are on these drugs that could really cultivate these superbugs. Um, so that's, that's a, a little bit about, about the superbugs. The question is, you know, how bad could it get? It has 30,000 genes. We've looked at 4,000 potential genes that could confer fitness if they mutated properly. Of those, we thought probably a hundred of them are going to be important. And of those we've seen 30. So it still has a ways to go before we see the ultimate superbug. What's nice about it, though, is we think I think we can keep ahead. I think we can keep ahead uh, uh, with with the way we're doing our vaccines with the mRNA vaccines. Where you know, right now it takes us. Uh, I can show you that. Actually, it takes us about. Um, so here is um, the mRNA vaccine. Uh, how long it takes. So if we go on a, so you're right about your your thought was we probably have to have another booster at the end of the year. The answer is yeah. Yeah, you'll have to. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, and it'll be one of, of, of two options, of three options. The first option is you get the same thing you had before. So if you had a J&J &J vaccine, expect to get a second. Probably you'll be told you'll need a second one, probably October time frame. If you've had two Moderna or two Pfizer, expect the same time frame, October or so, to be told you're going to need to get a third 
uh, one of these this year in order to get your immune system boosted up to beat the the the, the, the virus during its peak of seasonality when we're all cooped up inside. Um, so that that's one option. The same vaccine, uh, get, giving yourself a boost. Second option would be uh, that we have just a vaccine for the variant. So we say, aha, you know, it's this variant. And right now, Moderna has already uh, in phase one trial, just something especially for the South African variant, the 1351 variant that you hear a little bit about. And they it took them 66 days to go from, okay, let's select this thing uh, to create an antigen. And they're already in phase one testing. So if you do all those trials, you can get a sense of, and by July, they'll be ready uh, with an FDA supplemental licensure, and they'll be manufacturing. So re- the, pro- the, the thing that Pfizer and Moderna are thinking about right now is which manufacturing setup should we have? Should we set ourselves up for continuation of a big booster, or should we try to go after the variant? And they're, they're going to have to make this decision uh, by May in order to get ready, uh, us ready for September and get, get the release in time. That gives you, so, but that's, that's not bad, right? Now, um, if we have a pandemic and it turns out these variants get out of control, then you have to go a lot faster. We can get, we can get these things out instead of nine months, probably in about six months using a different FDA approval process, the, the emergency use authorization, which is what these are currently under. Not instead of a licensure, we'll do emergency use. The nice thing about, well, the, the thing about emergency use is different than licensure is if it's licensed, uh, then your employer, uh, your school systems uh, can start to, uh, uh, by law, they can start to actually say, you have to take this um, in order to keep your job. If it's under emergency use, then Interesting. it's still under emergency. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's still not a licensed product. So there's some regulation things that are kind of getting, going to get, get in. Into 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 the, the game here, but you can get a sense that where does HIPAA are, fall in this, Fred? HIPAA. So HIPAA, HIPAA is 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 about information release, and well, you know when you're talking about you know needing it to work, isn't that yeah. kind of a medical history record thing? Doesn't it fall? I'm just curious if it falls under that. So, um, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot. So. Let me get to that in one second. The, yeah, answer, no the, the, the answer is uh, the the answer is it, it does matter, and there are some interesting laws that are coming about. But basically, I just wanted to complete this thought here. mRNA are going to are going to have no trouble keeping up, right? So we have at least one, I think, uh, medicine, you know, one virus vaccine that will be able to keep up with the with the viral variants uh, from what we see so far. J and J with their will be able just barely to keep up. It'll be on a 12-month cycle versus the mRNA, which will be on a six-month cycle. And I think the protein subunits, if they don't get some help um, by, you know, stocking some special, uh, some, some, leaving some manufacturing capacity on the side and so on, they're going to be the ones that are most pressured. But I think, you know, under normal circumstances, we'll have at least three good technologies that are proven uh, to be available uh, to fight the variants if we're on a normal annual cycle. So that's the good news. So on the um, on the question of HIPAA, so um, there's a whole question about vaccine passports, right, uh, that, 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 that some of this gets to. And there are a whole bunch of countries right now, uh, if you go to Israel, for example, they've got a very active uh, vaccination pro- process on uh, about, gosh, um, oh, I should know this, 58%, as I recall. I, I'm working with the government. I can't remember the number. I remember the actual numbers, but um, about 58% have been vaccinated. And so the result of that is that if you have your special green pass, uh, and you say, hey, you know, I've been vaccinated, then they will let you go through, uh, you know, to 
travel without any, taking any tests. If you don't have a green pass and you can't prove that you've been vaccinated, then they'll say, okay, it's fine, but you got to have it. You know, you have to have to stand here for 15 minutes and get your test. You know, get get a test result. And so my sense is that people will want to have will want to have the uh, uh, the vaccine. Just for just for convenience purposes, if you want to start going to venues that are requiring either a, a pass or a or a check in the box, if you're on international travel, this will be for sure the case. And uh, slowly, what'll happen uh, is either you know we'll start to really gain control, and there won't be such a big issue, or it'll become a bigger issue as variants become more and more powerful, and we'll actually say which which vaccine were you on, and how old is it, and you know do. You, can you take a serology test to demonstrate how many antibody levels you're at? It won't be it won't be required uh, necessarily, but if you don't or you can't produce the results, then you probably will be restricted. Well, and I think that was that was a story we talked about uh, probably a couple months ago now, Bob. If I recall correctly, was you know Ticketmaster was looking at integrating with some third party app. Um, that would, uh, you know, basically identify as to whether or not you were, um, you know, if you, if you, and that was, that was our question then was, okay, well, wait, now I have to like allow my medical records to get access by some third party app. What the hell? Like, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, HIPAA is something that is in your control. What's nice about HIPAA is it says, if you're the patient, you're allowed to get, and that's why you sign off. You know, you go to the doctor and say, would you let, you know, Dr. Jones see your medical records? And if you say no, Dr. Jones has no chance to see your medical records. But if you sign off, say, yeah, you know, like look at it, that's your right to give your medical record up. That's what HIPAA says. You you have a right to to be able to, to stop the medical record from moving to a certain person or to say, yes, I authorize that person. Otherwise, they're unauthorized to see it uh, and the data has to be de-identified. If it's de-identified, then we have a sense of what's going on on a population level. You can't ever figure out, oh, it's that Fred guy who's the problem here. So that's uh, that, that's a, that's what HIPAA lets us do. And and what, what we're trying, what, what some ha- are happening is there, there's special anti-vaccination protection bills that are in 11 states now that are in place. And I, I actually consult with some of these states and um, uh, the protection bills say basically, look, if I if I if I don't want to have a vaccine, I, my rights should be protected. I, I should have a right uh, over over what goes into my body. And it, and it, and uh, you know, so the, so there are bills in states, and I think it's going to grow as something that says we want to protect. the The issue is if it's a child and they want to go to school, for example, um, there is a community interest. Um, in, in making sure a certain number of people have been vaccinated. If we get to a point where there's enough people who have been vaccinated um, that it doesn't that it doesn't matter uh, that a few people decide not to vaccinate because we have herd immunity at that point, then this shouldn't be too big of an issue. But if if these if these uh, if these groups um, if these laws uh, prevent us from achieving herd immunity, then it becomes a matter of public interest. It isn't just your own personal piece. It actually is affecting everybody uh, and, and and the health of everybody. Then we're going to have to look at this more carefully. So we'll see what happens as, as things goes on. But basically, we're having gaps. We're projecting that we're going to have gaps in in, in in the in the areas of people who are, that are vaccinated, and these gaps are going to come from three different sources, at least possibly more. But the first one is that you have the anti-vax bills; these are actually legal issues. The second is that there are different states, and sometimes having different laws from different states helps you because it's, you know it's it's good sometimes to have very concentrated uh, personalization of, of the medicine. Unfortunately, in our case, it means that it's hard for us to communicate to another. We can't. We you know there are no standards set up. There are no uh, ways of 
of, of, of sharing data across state lines, particularly effectively, uh, and, and a lot like Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas can't talk to each other. And these kinds of problems are actually hindering us. So that the fact that we've got states that aren't coordinated actually is, 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 is a little bit challenging. And, and as a result of that, certain states will have higher levels of, 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 of risk than other states. Different parts of the states will have different, uh, different parts of risk. You know, one of the questions today was what about people who want to come visit in Michigan, and we're having, we, uh, it turns out that if you look at the patterns that are happening in Michigan right now, um, those patterns indicate that we have very good, we have very good ability to deliver vaccines all over the state, especially, especially in the northern part of the state. The, 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 the ratio of, of pharmacies and, and distributor capabilities in the northern part of Michigan are better on a per capita basis than they are in the Detroit area and uh, the big cities. But if you look at the actual pattern of vaccinations, um, the northern parts of Michigan, where we are, are kind of depending on tourism, actually are really low. So despite the fact that we've got lots of access, people don't, uh, for some reason, are saying in, in the northern part of Michigan, I, I don't want I, I to be vaccinated. The problem then is if you got a lot of tourists who want to come and visit, they won't come and visit if they think if they if they see that our vaccination rates are really low and it could hurt our tourism industry if we don't get our vaccination into it. So that's sort of some of the well, things and, that are happening with these clusters. And not only that, I mean, you know, this is Michigan. We are approaching yeah. the end of snowbird season, uh, oh, which means yeah. they're all going to be coming back from where? Where? <laughs> Florida. Florida. And you know, what, <laughs> you know what they got in Florida? They have the B one one seven virus over uh, by by the, the by eighth of uh, on the eighth of Je- uh, of March they went over fifty percent on B one one seven and what happened with B one one seven is in Denmark and in the rest of Europe that's what happened with uh, with the UK the B one one seven came from UK over to Denmark and then the rest rest of Europe and what happens is B one one seven actually infects children a lot more readily than the regular virus and so all their schools are open all these older people, the grandparents had all been vaccinated, all the parents hadn't been vaccinated. So what happened? The school children all got B117 variant. The their parents hadn't been vaccinated yet for 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 any any for, right. for the virus, and now they have huge outbreaks uh, all through Europe because they're not ready for the B one seven virus. And the problem with B one seven virus is that you think you're safe, right? Hey, I use I use this mask for twenty, you know, for the last for the last you know three months. Everything's great. I, I did it. I went to the store. I didn't have any problem, so I can keep doing this. And the answer is no, you can't. <laughs> the, the sadly, the B one seven virus is fifty percent more infectious. 54% more transmittable and, and kills you at 20% faster rate. So if you use the same old, you know, rules that you did in the past for this new variant, it could, it'll, it'll kill you. And that's the problem that we're having in Europe. And, and, and now Florida has a 50% rate of the B117 virus. And all those people are going to come up to Michigan and we already have the Iona, I, 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 Iona City Jail. <laughs> this is a jail problem uh, in Iona. Uh, so we're the third largest state for the B117 virus. And this is just going to really add to the fire. Huh. Uh, and it could make us look like, you know, what Europe looks like now. Anyway, the last, the last big cluster is a socioeconomic cluster, right? So if you are, you know, if you, if you're uh, uh, an Asian, uh, for, for let's say you're, you're 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 I I play bridge, so I'm I'm with my bridge group, and I'll tell you the average age of my bridge group is like 87 years old. So I'm looking at that saying, hey, 
you know, that's that's pretty cool. I, I you know, these guys are all going to be vaccinated, so I can play bridge all I like. If I go and play, you know, ultimate frisbee. With well, you're the you're the young whippersnapper in that I group. But if I go and play ultimate frisbee with a whole bunch of twenty year olds, I'm down. If you look at that age number, you can see that I, it only only like sixty percent, if that, right. are vaccinated. So it's a completely different. And, and these clusters of people are going to separate, and you'll have and and so on average, what happens. And this actually happens with us with me. Is on average, we'll say we're eighty-five percent vaccinated. Isn't that great? So we're all safe. And the answer is not really, because we've got some states that are you know that are uh, that are more vaccinated than others. We've got some uh, communities that are more vaccinated than others. And so what happens is what happened with us in measles. I, and I don't know, you know, this was measles. This was in twenty eighteen. And I, I don't know if you know about this, but basically, you know, uh, the vaccination rates. In the United States, are pretty good. There are you know, a lot of dark blues in there, and in Michigan, southern southeast Michigan, look, that's a dark blue area. That's that means you know, thumbs up. We got heavy vaccination rate, but if you cut, if you if you focus in on Oakland County, this is a, this is this is these this is real data. Focus in Oakland County, it looks like it's a dark blue. Receptigo, you get in the congressional districts, eh? Got some separation. School districts, you got that white spot, nothing. Uh, census tracts, even more white spots. You get down to the block groups. And we're all, we're on fire, even though it's measles, where we got right. where we got like ninety two percent coverage on average. So these average pieces really don't work uh, for herd immunity. Kind of lull you into a false sense of security, yeah. Exactly, and then you have the beer muscles, and you go out and you get sick. And so that's some of the things to worry about. Anyway, to, to think about anyway when we as we as we move through the through the uh, through this uh, this this period. Uh, I was trying to th- see if it, so this uh, there's one other thing I was going to talk about. Uh, and that is, um, maybe it's helpful just to understand this a little bit better. There are three different kinds of, so remember when we talked about efficacy, we're 95% efficacious. Very cool, right? Excellent. Excellent. We're 95% efficacious. The problem is that <laughs> I was like, now, now about, you're going to, now you're going to tell us why that's not good. <laughs> no, 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 that, 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 that's great. The problem <laughs> This is the best vaccine I ever worked with, right? No, it's a fabulous thing. The problem is, though, that the way we think about efficacy is that it means, hey, that means it, it works 95% of the time, right? Or 95% uh, effectiveness. So there's a difference between efficacy, which we, te- which, which we study in clinical trials, and real-world effectiveness, which is what we're all interested in ourselves. And there are three components to efficacy. So we can test for whether it reduces disease pathology, and that's what we did, right? Put the you got some people got placebo, some people got active ingredient. We injected them, let them go out in the world. You know, people got sick. We looked at it and said, "Aha!" Ninety-five percent of the time, it was the people who got the water, and only five percent of the time, the people who got sick were the ones that, that were that were injected with the vaccine. Ninety-five percent reduction in clinical pathology. No more sniffles for us. No more severe disease. No more hospitalizations. Right, but it doesn't really tell you whether or not you're actually reducing transmission spread. Now, typically, these are a little bit related, but as I said, you can be completely protected in your body and still have lots of transmission, transmittable virus in your nose because you have two different kind of parts of your immune system, the mucosal membranes versus the lymphatic system. And they're different. They work differently. And then finally, the next question, the last big question is, uh, can you avoid getting reinfected again? And that's really the, actually the biggest and most important question because if you can constantly get reinfected, that means the virus has chances to reproduce, has chances to create variants, and, and, and so on. So we've got, we know really well that we're probably protected the best for our, the we, our weakest uh, level of protection, uh, our weakest overall effectiveness measure. 
So now we're trying to get in to see whether or not, and, and so if all we have is something that can reduce disease pathology, what happens is what we monitor is uh, whether we're actually injecting everybody who uh, who uh, could get a really bad severe disease, right? If you start to inject all the old people who are going to who are going to die if they get this, and don't inject so much the young people who are going to, as Bob said, eat some dirt and get and get natural immunity, slowly but surely you sort of dilute the virus out, uh, and that takes you know ten plus years to do, but uh, but after a while you don't have to worry about people dying. Uh, all you worry about is people you know, in, uh, being infected. And there you kind of want to, uh, the, your best response is to have an annual variant vac- vaccine. And that's the, that's the course we're on right now. But if you're able to reduce transmission, that's the middle, that's the middle circle. And there, there you want to actually monitor exactly what is going on with community vaccination levels and what the variant is, so the, the, the variants of concern, the VOC prevalence levels. Now, we're not set up to do that today. We don't have enough genetic sequencing capability out there to really know whether we're reducing transmission spread around the variants. And so what we're doing in the, uh, and we, we have some data from Israel, I'll show you that in a second. But basically here, you just want, and that's why the, that's why all the big companies are saying, let's, ma- let's, let's manufacture and test a booster shot. So J&J has a test, uh, has going out right now and testing boosters. Uh, AstraZeneca is going out testing boosters. Everyone's going out testing boosters of the same vaccine. And that's because they think they're going to have, have a chance of reducing transmission as long as they keep the antibody levels that these current vaccines are doing at, at the right level. But the best thing you can have is actually protection against reinfection. If you have that, then you have to, but in order to know that you're doing that, you have to understand what the reinfection rates are, which we can't figure out yet because we're not contact tracing anybody. We don't actually even know what our real infection rates are. We don't do enough antigen testing, et cetera. Uh, and then what happens is all you do is you inject the children with a universal COVID booster, uh, and uh, and 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 you're done uh, for the rest of your life. You're going to be fine because you can't ever get reinfected, and you don't ever get the kind of uh, load of viral load that you need in order to continue the the propagation of all these different variants. So here's what the data looks like in Israel. We thought, aha, we're reducing transmission, but they but it's real world data. And so what happened was they tested I, I, they tested like five. Uh, 500,000 people um, uh, in two different groups. So a mil- over a million people, as I recall, were looked at. And they said, aha, you know, 12,000 people were infected um, uh, if they didn't have the vaccine. And only 250 people were infected when they did have the vaccine out of 500,000. So that means we're 90, you know, 4.6% effective. Uh, and what happened was, unfortunately, they <laughs> for, if you weren't vaccinated, you had to be tested all the time. Every time you went out of your department building, you had, you know, you were tested because people were ter- terrified about whether you're going to transmit the disease or not. So that, uh, that's less than convenient. <laughs> right. So, so you're constantly being tested. And so the result was that all these vaccinated people were, of course, coming up with asymptomatic conditions. So they were and they were getting a large number of people <laughs> saying, yeah, I, I got I got sick. Meanwhile, if you were vaccinated, you just splashed your, 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 your green pass and you didn't have to go through any testing. So the result of that was that all these people basically walked around. You know, if they had sniffles, they had this and that, they they you know, sort of the green pass wouldn't be dead. So the problem was all we did was recapitulate the fact that we were reducing symptoms. So we re, we, we, we basically redid our, our real world, our, our, our clinical test in the real world and, and rediscovered that we're about 95% effective. Good news. It's great to have reproducible results, but it doesn't it doesn't show that we actually reduce transmission. So what we're going to do, actually, believe it or not, we're going to go in the UK. They actually authorize this. I don't know how. They're going to take 200 people 
hundred of them are going to be uh, un, unvaccinated and be exposed to the virus purposefully. I mean that. Okay. <laughs> and people, the other people are going to be vaccinated and exposed to the virus. And they're going to try to figure out exactly how much virus needs to get into your nose before you get sick. And they're going to actually measure that. I'd hate to be the person who gets people to sign up for that. Uh, I, yeah. I would really feel guilty if the guy came down with a, you know, with a deadly case. With a brutal case. Time. Yeah. But they, they somehow got it passed an institutional review board. I have no idea how. And so we're all sort of saying, whoa, you know, this would be really interesting, important results to have. But it's on the edge of what I, I mean, I sure I sure wouldn't have proposed a trial like that. Right. Anyway, right. Sorry. But we're that we're, but we're so desperate. We're saying, all right, well, well. Hopefully, no, nothing. Bad we'll happens. try it. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold our nose. And see All right. Well, hey, I I know we want to land this plane, uh, just because yeah. just because I know we've got some other stuff going on. But you hit on a couple of topics that were in it, so I feel the need to ask you: um, yeah. Did you watch the South Park special? No, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? I, I'm not gonna lie. It it it. I, I thought the pandemic special, the last one, was was a lot better. Um, Strong. It started strong. It, it started yeah, strong. it started strong and, and got so it felt the, the hot spot in town was like a CVS and like the, <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a yeah, it was a Walgreens, yeah. Oh and like all the all the kids are trying to get in, and then all the senior citizens are running in. Oh, and there, going, there's you know, velvet ropes, and there's like Jesus yeah. is in the line waiting to get a vaccine. Oh. Um, every, everybody's being and there's there's a you know the typical nightclub security d-bag with like the beefy oh. arms and the tight black t-shirt and a clipboard hey, you're not in the list and then you know this little old lady comes walking up and he was like oh come right in ma'am and then she turns around and she's like yeah 79 years old flips the bird at everybody <laughs> <laughs> well you know i i've been working to it around the clock i i so I, i'm helping out the guys on one side of the camp like india and singapore and, and philippines and so on and 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 then europe gets and so i'm up until like three o'clock and then europe gets up and i'm not i'm not blaming you for not having a lot of free time <laughs> I, miss, I, miss, I miss south park which is i have to catch on the road there is one last thing i should say shoot and that and that is and maybe i should come back and talk about it later but it's long haul COVID. i don't know if you guys want to talk about that at all but eventually maybe maybe we save it for another day but it is really important you don't want to get COVID, right i mean if you get COVID, there's a great chance and we can talk about this later. I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's book because that's that's something yeah. that is near and dear to my heart because that's I'm still coping. So, yeah. Yeah. So so make sure that you just 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 wait till you get the vaccine before you do anything, because you you do not want to have covid uh, because it turns out there's more than just you die or you live. Uh, it's you could be living with with some really bad, uh, you know, bad organ failure type uh, situations for the rest of your life. So you don't want to do that. Uh, just try to avoid if you can get the vaccine you'll be good in in much better shape so hey i i have a picture of myself getting the shot i don't know if you guys saw you you got the uh, i heard people people were looking for they're trying to figure out the uh the cute name for the what you know they call them vaccines uh or you know trying to trying to come up with a cute name for the vaccine selfie yeah the fauci ouchie is the shot it's so yeah (laughs) so yeah uh, so gosh i appreciate the time Uh, you guys let's get together and talk about long covid Uh, and and actually in a couple weeks i I gave so i gave this this talk to harvard and they said we we like the biology part of it but the economics part 
we have you have to you have to change that a little bit. We don't. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, I'll talk about the COVID economics. If you're interested. Okay. Yeah. We'll do. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll bring you back for talking about long because I'm sure there'll be more data then about long haul and, and we'll Absolutely. go from there. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, th- thanks. Thanks for the time, man. Oh, it's a pleasure. You guys. Uh, thanks, like Brad. Thanks, you guys. Talk soon. Good to see you, bud. You bet. Bye now. Woo. It's we'll always it on for uh, 30 minutes at the beginning of the episode. It is always the best of times, the worst of times. <laughs> like I said, Fred wants this to go on forever. This, this. Hey, nerd. Uh, hey, uh, well, in the sad reality, dude, he doesn't charge for a lot of his consulting stuff. That's the, you know, oh, really? I, I give him all the credit in the world. I'm just, you know, I'm being funny. Oh, of course. Um, Yeah. You know what? So I'm, we were. Uh, Oh, go ahead. No, I was ready to cut it. Or you know. Oh, okay. I don't want well, you want to you want to at least talk about the South Park episode. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm. I'm yeah, not gonna. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was. I was pretty. Um. Meh. About the like, I. The best part about it was Cartman saying he's mailing it in, which is mocking them mailing it in. Oh, he was like, he's like, oh, you know, these are, you know, these are the, we're just phoning it in, like the, like who, it's such simplistic humor. We're not even trying anymore. Like we're just, yeah. Like they're basically making fun of themselves through the, yeah. Oh yeah. You could tell as you're like, it started strong, and then just like it's kind of like we just ran out of shit to do, so we're just gonna let this thing just fall off a cliff, and right. we don't care. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. It's all right. So like a, it's kind of like Bill Burr at the Grammys. <laughs> didn't watch it. Uh, watch the Bill Burr clips. I hear if you want your own Grammy, you just uh, stick around after the end of the award show and they hand out the extras. <laughs> no, they had they had. If you didn't see it, they had Bill Burr announcing for everything, like basically like three or four like best Latino vocalist and like that type things like that. Okay. Like I can just see all the feminists now going, why is this cis male announcing the Latinx? <laughs> he got shit for that. And then, then he comes back and he goes, am I the only one that wanted to kill himself during the piano solo? You're like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Yeah, so I mean, well, I mean that was the role. that was the running joke about you know the Mandalorian and Gina Carano. Like, oh my god, like you're on a show with Bill Burr and you're the one that gets canceled. Like, how does that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you you ordered the the Thai food extra hot and you wondered why your butthole burns. Right. You know, come on, you know what you're getting into. Let's not pretend this is some surprise. Right. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we can wrap here. I'm good. Yeah, we're gonna cut. To, I'm looking forward to the, my four-hour marathon of uh, Justice League hot garbage. Oh, when um, does that start? I think I think the 18th. Um, Did they push it back a week? I thought it was originally the 12th. Yeah, it's pushed back. I couldn't find it. Well, so, well I mean, the one thing we've talked about consistently, though, is WandaVision. Did you watch the uh, Assembled? No, I saw it on the listing. Thoughts. I was looking. I was looking for Buffy, Bucky and Papa Doc's show, but that's not out that's yet. That's this Friday. But actually, yeah. the, the assembled was really good. I loved how they got into how they had they basically talked to Dick Van Dyke and talked to the guys that did the set creation and the filming and the lighting and all that stuff to totally recreate everything. Like it was just it was it was just it was a it was a great watch. Oh, I was uh, I will I will check it out. It's still cute, um, but I'm not as excited about that as I am about the actual show. Meh. Yeah. 
So, hey, we're going to wrap things up for episode 391. We'd like to thank Fred Brown, fredbrown.com. Appreciate giving us a uh, no-nonsense look at Verona. Um, on behalf of uh, Bob, Dave, and Randy, have a happy St. Paddy's Day. Stay safe. Uh, get up your Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. The St. Paddy's thing threw me off. Uh, see you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.